Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week four of our sermon series called Job and the Questions of Suffering. And remember, what we're doing in this series is taking some time to explore this beautifully strange, yet life-transforming ancient text in order to wrestle with and try to make sense of suffering. Why it happens, how we're called to respond, how to care for others who are suffering, but most importantly, where God fits in all of this. So in week one, as this parable begins, we're told about how this faithful man named Job is being tested by the Hasatan to see if he really was faithful to God. And what happens is Job is tested, and then in the aftermath, is that amazingly, Job proves himself to be faithful to God by accepting what has happened to him, which is absolutely horrible, and never cursing God to his face. But then as we moved on into chapter 3, we find that just because Job remained faithful to God throughout all of his testings, that doesn't mean that Job just took what happened and moved on like it was no big deal. No, instead, we find that Job, in that dark, horrible place, just begins to let it all out, proclaiming that he wishes he had never been born over and over again because that's just how horrible his place in the world has become. Then last week, we were told about three of Job's closest friends coming to comfort him in his time of grief and suffering, which at first they do a really good job of by simply joining with Job in his suffering, not saying a word. But then after Job vents, or he begins to tell the truth of what he is feeling on the inside, we find his friends only making things worse by basically telling Job that what has happened to him is his fault. And the reason they do this is because they believe that the way God works in the world is that you always reap what you sow. Or that bad things only happen to bad people because they deserve it, while good things only happen to good people because they deserve it. Which in turn was the logic that I left you to wrestle with this past week to prepare you for what's about to happen next or to prepare you for how the rest of this parable plays itself out. So, after Job's friend Eliphaz spends chapter 4 and 5 basically trying to convince Job that what has happened to him has to be his fault, in chapter 6 and beyond, we find Job responding in a couple of different ways. First of all, we find Job continuing to vent over and over again about how bad his life has gotten, even getting to the point where he longs to die saying this. All I want is an answer to one prayer, a last request to be honored. Let God step on me, squash me like a bug, and be done with me for good. At least I've had the satisfaction of not having blasphemed the holy God before being pressed past the limits. Next, we find him firing back at his so-called friends who have only made his suffering worse by saying this. When desperate people give up on God Almighty, Their friends at least should stick with them. But my brothers are fickle as a gulch in a desert. 
One day they're gushing with water from melting ice and snow cascading out of the mountains. But by midsummer, they are dry gullies baked dry in the sun. Travelers who spot them and go out of their way for a drink end up in a waterless gulch and die of thirst. Which is basically a very poetic way of saying that as my friends, you guys were supposed to come in and help make things better for me because that's what friends are supposed to do. When all you guys have done is made things worse. I mean, you guys are worthless. But then finally, after a whole lot of venting and name-calling, we find that Job responds to his friend's accusations that what has happened to him has to be his fault. And the way he responds is by saying this. Confront me with the truth and I'll shut up. Show me where I've gone off tracks. Honest words never hurt anyone. But what's the point of all this pious bluster? You pretend to tell me what's wrong with my life, but treat my words of anguish as so much hot air. Are people mere things to you? Are friends just items of profit and loss? Look me in the eyes. Do you think I'd lie to your face? Think it over. No, double talk. Think carefully. My integrity is on the line. Can you detect anything false in what I say? Don't you trust me to discern good from evil? Or what we find here is Job, even in the midst of his suffering, not backing down from his friends who continue to tell him over and over again that what has happened to him is his fault but instead challenging them to speak the truth. Because at this point, Job is convinced, he believes beyond a shadow of a doubt that he has done nothing to deserve all that has happened to him. Or basically what's starting here is that Job and his friends are getting into an argument about how it is that God works in the world with Job's friends sticking to their guns by arguing that people always get what they deserve or people always reap what they sow. And Job arguing... That it can't be the case that people always get what they deserve because I am suffering and I have done nothing to deserve this kind of suffering. In fact, what you will find as you continue reading almost at chapter 38 is that Job and his friends basically go back and forth and back and forth with this same argument over and, and over again. With Job's friends basically saying, hey Job, all of this happened to you because it's your fault. And then Job saying, nah. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Or like I hear my girls do every single day over whatever it is that they found to disagree about. This argument goes on and on and on and on in this beautifully poetic language meant to help us struggle and wrestle with the question we all have when it comes to suffering. Do people really reap what they sow? Is this really how God works? Is suffering our fault? Or did Job get it right? What's going on? How is God at work in the world? Well, as we continue to wrestle with that foundational question, which we're going to get into next week and kind of bring that all to a close, for me, the most interesting part of this book is actually not going to be found in Job's response to his friends. Although that's foundational, we're going to continue to wrestle with that. No, the most interesting part happens when Job, after giving up on his friends, responds to God in the midst of his suffering. Job says this at the beginning of chapter 13, and it's very, very interesting. He says, 
I'm taking my case straight to God Almighty. I've had it with you. I'm going directly to God. You graffiti my life with lies. You're a bunch of pompous quacks. I wish you'd shut your mouth. Silence is your only claim to wisdom. That's right. At this point in the parable, Job declares that he's done dealing with his friends, these ding-dongs, because they clearly don't get it, and he is taking his case before God. Some scholars argue that what Job is doing here is he's actually suing God for all that has happened to him. And this is what Job has to say to God, which is just one of the many places in Job where Job questions and begins to yell and be angry with God. Job says this, Please, God, I have two requests. Grant them so I'll know I count with you. First, lay off the afflictions. The the terror is too much for me. Or leave me alone, God. Second, answer me directly so I can answer you. Or let me speak and then you answer. How many sins have been charged against me? Show me the list. How bad is it? Why do you stay hidden and silent? Why do you treat me like I'm your enemy? Why kick me around like an old tin can? Why beat a dead horse? You compile a long list of mean things about me. Even hold me accountable for the sins of my youth. You hobble me so I can't move about. You watch every move I make and brand me as a dangerous character. Or as you can see, Job's not beating around the bush when it comes to questioning God, but it's come out swinging. Why? 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 Why are you doing this to me? Why won't you leave me alone? What have I done to deserve this? And why won't you answer me? Which at first, I know it seems absolutely crazy. Because who does Job think he is questioning the creator of the universe or questioning the almighty, all-knowing, all-power, ever-present God? Isn't that something that makes God mad? Isn't that something we're never supposed to do? Well, what I would like to propose to you about Job's response to God here is that when it comes to suffering or when it comes to facing those moments in life that seem to have no explanation, that this parable, along with a few other places in the Bible, not only gives us permission to question God, but it gives us permission to be mad at God. That's right. This parable, this book, gives us permission to question and be mad at God. But before you get up and walk out, the reason this book gives us permission is not because we have the ability to actually prove God wrong or to show that God has missed something. No, we are given permission to do this because when we experience suffering or when we are living through the darkest nights of our souls, whether we like it or not, We feel what we feel. That's not something we can control. That's not something that that we can just make happen. And by the way, God already knows exactly how you're feeling and what's going on in your mind. It's not like you're hiding anything from him anyway. So the way I interpret Job's questioning God here is that there is actually nothing wrong with letting it all out. Or with being honest with God, no matter what may come out of your mouth, or no matter how you may feel. And then to push this even further, the reason why questioning God in those dark places is not a bad thing, 
It's because our God is big enough to take whatever kind of accusations and feelings we may have towards him in those dark moments and not be offended, but instead is able to see what's really going on and can begin to help. In fact, what I have found when I tell people in their darkest moments that it's okay to yell and even question God is that as these people yell and scream and let all of their emotions out towards God, that their outbursts actually don't push them away from God. But instead it draws them closer to God because they have now found someone they can be real with who not only accepts them just as they are, but that really understands what they are suffering because he is there with them in the midst of that suffering. And not only that, but as we are going to see next week, oftentimes it is in the midst of people crying out to God with all of their questions and all of their emotions that God actually shows up in unbelievably powerful ways to meet those people where they are to help them start walking out of the darkness and back into the light. And I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds strange for some of you. But it's right here in the book of Job. It proclaims us in the book of Job, which is something that's very, very important to get because what I have witnessed time and time again with people who feel that it's wrong or bad to be honest with God is that eventually what happens to those people because of what they feel on the inside is that they just stop talking to God altogether. Which slowly but surely causes them to lose that connection. Sometimes even getting them to the point where they walk away from God because they are so angry and they are so hurt when all they needed to do is just to be honest with God, to cry out, to question, to do all those things and wait for God to show up. So, another important thing that I believe the parable of Job is teaching all of us about how to deal with suffering is that what is best for us when we are filled with anger and questions about what has happened in our lives or what has happened in the lives of one of our loved ones, is that instead of us bottling it all up because we're afraid we're going to offend God, that we instead learn to be honest with God no matter how we may feel or what comes out of our mouths. Knowing that God is not only big and secure enough to take what we've got, but that this is actually the way we deepen and strengthen our relationship with God in the midst of our suffering. Or at least that's my experience. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning, as we continue to wrestle with this amazing parable, which has so much to teach us about suffering. And today, this teaching makes us a little bit uneasy, because for many of us, we were told never to question, never to get mad at you. We were told that that was a sin, that was evil, it's just not something that we're supposed to question. And then we find here in this book that Job spends a whole lot of time asking questions, being angry, 
in his communication with you. So today, oh Lord, help us to understand that, that the beauty, the power of what this book has to teach us is that it really is okay when we're in those deep, dark places to be honest with you no matter what's going on within us. Or help us to, to express whatever it is that we've got going in inside of us so that we can continue to stay connected with you. So you can t- continue to meet us in those dark places and help us back into the light. But never, never let us become the kind of people who because we are angry, we just stop talking with you and eventually walk away. Or Lord, help us to understand this in the deepest part of our being so that no matter what happens to us in our lives, we know we can always come to you no matter what we are facing or what is going on in our lives or what comes out of our mouth. We ask this all in your name and for our sake. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.